Hey, I'm Mark Ganey, and welcome to the Pop Faith Podcast. Today is the Christmas episode, so everything's related around Christmas. Our Bible Bite is going to be a Christmas scripture. We'll look at some Christmas news you can use, a good news story about Christmas, and we're going to look at a pop culture spotlight concerning a Christmas movie, a very popular Christmas movie, and Life Drops and Faith Pops is going to be all about a very popular Christmas song. Welcome to the Pop Faith Podcast with host Mark Ganey, where each episode we explore how faith connects to everyday life. Each episode is a fun and engaging look at how ordinary Christians can experience the good news all around them in things like movies, shows, pop culture, and even news stories. Thanks for joining in. We are glad you're here. Thanks again for joining on today's Christmas episode. Let's get right to the Bible bite. And as I mentioned, it's a Christmas scripture. It comes from the Gospel of John, John chapter 1, verse 14. And in this scripture I'm about to read, it uses the word word. And it's a capital W. And we know that that relates to Jesus because the beginning of the Gospel of John says the word was was with God and the word was God. And of course, that's Jesus. And so here's what John 1, 14 says. And the word, Jesus, became flesh and dwelt among us and we have seen his glory glory as of the only son from the father full of grace and truth so i want to talk about this in our bible bite real quick because this is so important that's what christmas is all about you know they they said that jesus would be called emmanuel which means god with us and this scripture in the gospel of john the first chapter of john shows us exactly what that looks like The Word, Jesus, became flesh. So God, the incarnation, that's what we celebrate Christmas time, right? God becoming man. It's like God with skin on. And so here's why I I think that's so important and why I don't want us to, to, you know, skip over this important truth. And and as you celebrate Christmas this year with you, you know, yourself, your friends, your family, I want you to ponder and think about this incredible truth. God became flesh. He could have rescued us. He could have saved us. He could have, you know, forgiven us of our sins in a different way, certainly, because he's God. He could do whatever he wants to do. But he chose to come to earth and become a man, right? Fully God, fully man. Why did God do that? I mean, obviously, we don't have the mind of God. We can't say with 100% certainty. But here's what I do know about the incarnation. Here's what I do know about this truth of the word becoming flesh, Jesus becoming flesh and dwelling among us. God loved us so much that he didn't just do something for us. He came down with us. And, you know, there's a a big question that we always ask. And, you know, when we struggle with faith or, or people who, you know, are investigating claims of Christianity, they often ask this question. They say, you know, how can a, a good and loving God allow such suffering in our world? How can he allow good people to suffer and things like that? Well, first of all, no one is good. Scripture is very clear that we're all sinful and none of us is really good in and of ourselves. That's why we need a Savior. But that question is important because it really asks, how could God let this terrible stuff happen? And so God's answer isn't necessarily one that you know we would come up with. God's answer is the Incarnation. God's answer to all this suffering and pain is he entered our pain and our suffering with us. That's what God did. That's what the incarnation's about. That's what the word becoming flesh and dwelling among us really is all about. And so I want to encourage you this Christmas, don't miss that incredible truth. And maybe you're hurting this Christmas. Maybe 
Maybe you're struggling this Christmas. You're going through loss or pain and, you know, maybe the worst time of your life or maybe just a difficulty. You know, maybe you've got, you know, seasonal depression, you know, things like that. A lot of us deal with that this time of year. Whatever you're facing, just be encouraged and know that God loved you enough that he entered your suffering with you. He didn't leave you all alone. He didn't say, well, you know, I'm going to throw you a lifeline every now and then. He didn't say, I hope, hope it all works out for the best. God said, I'm coming into this with you. And the good news is, because Jesus lived a perfect life, died on the cross for our sins, rose again three days later, and now dwells in heaven, he is alive. But even though he's alive, he's with us because the Holy Spirit now is, we're indwelled with the Holy Spirit when we trust in Christ. And so we're never alone. God says he'll never leave us and he'll never forsake us. And so that's a beautiful truth, isn't it? God entered our suffering and he's still here with us. So be encouraged that whatever you're facing, God entered your suffering and your pain with you and he's there with you every step of the way. Man, isn't that awesome? On today's News You Can Use segment, it's also related around Christmas. And the first part of this news is not really good. Uh, it's all related around, you know, the, the war in Israel. And uh, unless you are you know, been living under a rock, you know that Israel is at war with Hamas. And uh, it's happening there in Palestine. And there's obviously different uh, disagreements about all kind of stuff related to it. You know, is the, the war just? Should we be helping as Americans? All those kind of things, right? I don't want to focus on all that today. The story that I want to focus on is that because of the conflict going on in Israel, Christian churches there in Palestine, there in Gaza, Christian churches are forgoing the Christmas celebration. Now, for us, you know, if, you, if you're like me and you live in the United States of America, that's kind of crazy. You would think, oh, you know, why would they not celebrate Christmas? And so what, what they, they have a big deal every year in Israel, the Christian churches do there in Israel in celebrating Christmas. Lots of decorations like we do, lots of, you know, uh, just incredible events surrounding the birth of Christ right there, especially in Bethlehem. And this year they've decided probably wisely not to do any of those celebrations. And here's why. They say that they can't justify the celebration of Christmas in light of civilians all around them dying in Gaza. And so they want to be sensitive to those who aren't Christians, and they want to be sensitive to the their neighbors who are dying because of this war. And so they're saying, we're not going to put up Christmas trees and lights and all that kind of stuff. And, and so that's what the churches have decided to do. <clears throat> and here's what they have. I've heard a, a pastor and and a, a priest over there talk about things like this, that Jesus identifies with our suffering, they say, with the suffering that's going on there in Gaza, there in Palestine, that Jesus identifies with the suffering. And so we want to, you know, promote uh, how Jesus identifies with our suffering through the cross, even his birth. And so they've got different uh, kinds of celebrations this year. They're still going to obviously gather together in worship and things like that. That's not going to stop. But they've decided not to have it in your face as much. And so here's why I want to share this. This is why news that you, know, that you can use, even though you're not in Israel right now, <clears throat> they are celebrating Christmas, the birth of Christ, the life of Christ, the death, the resurrection of Jesus, but in a different way. And so us in America, you know, we, we, can't, even, we can't even begin to comprehend that. We can't even begin to comprehend what that would look like. Because quite honestly, we've taken Christmas and the real meaning of Christmas and we've made it something different. It's commercialized, right? It's all about the decorations. And so if we took the decorations away like they're doing this year, 
what would we be celebrating? Would we even celebrate? Well, they're still celebrating. And so the point for us, I believe, is you don't have to have all the gifts and all the decorations and all the material stuff because we still have Jesus. And that's what they've decided, that they still have Jesus. And they want to carry the love of Jesus to those around them. What an incredible testament to their faith. And and so what an encouragement to us here in the United States. What if all of our de- de- you know Christmas decorations and all of our traditions and all that were taken away? Would we still celebrate Christmas? I think we we should, and hopefully we would, because we still have Jesus. We don't need all that. It's great to have, right? It's, it's awesome. I love it. But we don't have to have it because we have Jesus. So remember this Christmas, as you celebrate, we still have Jesus, and that is enough. On today's Good News Story segment, man, do I have an awesome story to share. And this one, uh, like others that you've heard on this podcast, are really... Uh, encouraging and motivating. Uh, as as I hear this story, I want to take action, right? So this story concerns a young man named Reed Markham, and he's from a small town in Oklahoma that has a really high poverty rate. And when uh, Reed was really young, uh, he he heard about people in his city that uh, their family were so poor that they wouldn't have any Christmas, they wouldn't have any toys, and he couldn't even fathom that. And so as a young boy, he asked his mother, can we hold a toy drive? And so she said, sure. So they used social media. They went on Facebook and, and they did a video and some posts about what he wanted to do. And so uh, she, you know, the mother went on Facebook saying, hey, my, my, my son Reed wants to do this toy drive. If you'd like to donate toys or money so that we can go buy toys for those who won't necessarily have a good Christmas, you can do that. And so that it started really as a 4-H project. He was in 4-H club and uh, that was his project. And so that's what he did. And that first year, there was an incredible response. Um, People went out to buy new toys to donate. They gave money so they could purchase toys. And and that was, you know, and it built every year. And so that was seven years ago, okay? Seven years ago. And so now Reed is actually a freshman at Oklahoma State University there in Oklahoma. And he he takes the two-and-a-half-hour drive um, every year. Uh, or he's taking it this year as a, as a college freshman back home to participate in the seventh annual toy drive. And here's what's crazy. This year in the toy drive, you think, you know, that's, that's pretty cool, right? This year in the toy drive alone, 10,000 toys are expected to be handed out at the giveaway. Um, and it's a, a drive-through event now because it's gotten so big. And, uh, you know, kids show up and they all get these toys. Uh, you know, different kinds of toys, but every single child um, gets a pair of socks and underwear, um, a shirt, uh, some some pants, gloves, and a hat because it's pretty cold there in Oklahoma. And and they do that every year. Over seven years, 54,000 toys have been given away. Now, I want you to imagine that all because this young man, right, probably 10 or 11 years old, went to his mom and said, I want to do something for those in my community that don't have as much as we do. Now that is, I mean, not only is that awesome and encouraging, that's convicting, right? This is a, a 10 or 11 year old kid going to his mom and then 54,000 toys have been given away over seven years. That is amazing. So it, it begs the question, what can we do, right? We've got all kind of people around us in need, but not just at Christmas time, and not just because of toys or financially or, or materially, all that. We've got people all around us in all kinds of situations with all kinds of needs. And 
this young man understood this concept. Uh, there's a need. God has brought that need to my attention, so I'm the one that's going to meet that need. And I think if all of us responded that way, if we heard of needs like this or any need, and we thought, okay, well, I've noticed the need, that means that I'm responsible to be a part of the solution, right? Man, what could God do in us and through us if we did that? What an incredible example and story by Reed Markham, and what an example and, uh, and just a great encouragement to us to meet the needs around us as well. On today's Pop Culture Spotlight, we're going to talk about my favorite Christmas movie of all time, It's a Wonderful Life. I love this movie. Now, uh, most of you have probably seen the movie or at least heard about it. Uh, it was produced in 1946. And, I mean, it's it's a classic, right? It's a classic Christmas movie. Uh, Jimmy Stewart stars as George Bailey. And the whole idea is, is this story about uh, a, a young man who, and a young father who, for his entire life, has kind of sacrificed his hopes and dreams for other people. And he gets downtrodden because things don't go his way, and he gets into really a, almost a no-win situation financially, and, uh, and he contemplates suicide. And so that's kind of where the entire movie turns. And uh, his guardian angel, uh, Clarence, comes and kind of shows him the truth that one life does make a difference. And uh, interesting thing about It's a Wonderful Life, when it first came out in 1946, um, you know, Frank uh, Capra directed it, but it was it was not really a success. It was kind of a disaster financially. It it never broke even. Um, people began to to question Frank Capra, can he make movies anymore, things like that. And it wasn't until 1974 when it went into the public domain that it became a Christmas classic because people could show it without all the fees, right? And then it, it just, it, I mean, it, it caught on and has become a Christmas classic. Again, one of my favorite movies. But, you know, obviously there's some theological issues with the movie, okay? So I think a lot of the theology in the movie is based on popular culture Christianity, speaking of pop faith. Um, it's it's based on a, a Christianity that's not biblical. Um, a lot of, you know, works-based theology in that. And also some, some bad theology in terms of angels, right? And so Clarence is a, a former human who has died and gone to heaven and become an angel. He hasn't got his wings yet, so he's got to work to get his wings, all that. Obviously, none of that's true, right? Human beings don't become angels. Um, when we die, we don't become angels. Angels were a created order of being that are set, right? The number doesn't change ever. He gets this every time a bell rings, an angel gets his wings. And uh, they're, they're not humans, never have been humans. And uh, so we don't become angels. Angels have, some angels have wings, some don't, apparently. Uh, but they can't earn them, it, nothing like that. But... Theology aside, okay, the, the point and the lesson of the movie is what I want us to focus on. It is so awesome. I think the reason that this movie is such a classic is because of the message. And the message is this. One life can make an incredible difference. Each man's life touches so many other lives. And he tells him, you know, you really did have a wonderful life. That's where the title of the movie comes from. You see, George, you really had a wonderful life. I think that's why the movie resonates with us, because that's a truth that is absolutely universal. One life can make a difference. God created you on purpose, with a purpose, and your life can make a difference. 
It doesn't matter how much or how little you have. It doesn't matter how well or, or poorly your life has gone up until this point. Okay? Doesn't matter. What matters is God has a purpose for you and your life can make a difference. We like to think about things like this movie portrays. What if I wasn't here, right? What if I'd never been born? That's the question that George Bailey asks. And that's kind of what, you know, Clarence shows him. What life and the world and his community would be like if he hadn't been born. And I'm going to tell you right now, I believe that message rings true because it is true. Because if you weren't here, the world, your community, your family, your friends would not be the same. You have made a difference and you can make an even greater difference once you realize that, that God has given you a purpose. So It's a Wonderful Life is is, is my favorite Christmas movie because of that message. And uh, if you haven't seen it, go watch it. And if you've seen it before, but you haven't seen it this Christmas, take some time out and watch it again. And then, you know, talk to people about what do you think God has for you? What difference do you think God can, can make through your life? Because I believe God can make a big difference through your life as well. All right, on today's Life Drops and Faith Pops, we're going to look at maybe the most covered Christmas song of all time. I'm not sure. I didn't look at the statistics, but it, it's, it's been a whole lot of versions of this song, and it's the song Last Christmas. So the original version of Last Christmas came out in 1984. Uh, Wham! is the first OG uh, group to do Last Christmas. Of course, George Michael is the one who wrote it and produced it, and uh, it's the, the first version that we ever heard of it, 1984. <laughs> Since 1984, this is kind of insane, there have been over 50 versions, 50 covers of that song. 1984 to right now, currently Christmas 2023, 50 different versions. That's why when it comes on, the first time I hear it at Christmas, I'll listen to it if it's by Wham!, and, uh, and after that, I'll probably go to the next one because I just get kind of sick of it. But it, I mean, a lot of people have covered the song. People like uh, <laughs> uh, Leslie Odom in 2020 did a cover version of it. Pentatonics, of course, Glee did it. The Wiggles did a version of this song. The Wiggles, you remember the kids show Wiggles, right? Backstreet Boys, Taylor Swift, of course, did her version a few years ago of Last Christmas. So I want us to talk about Last Christmas, okay? And the reason is, this is a very popular Christmas song. And, and so here's what uh, my approach to any song is. Uh, doesn't matter if it's Christmas or not. And that is, every song has a message, right? And every song has a worldview. You hear, hear us talk about worldview a lot on the Pop Faith Podcast. And what, here's what I mean by that. Uh, a view of the world. That's what worldview is, right? So every song comes from a certain perspective and a certain position in terms of, you know, what's wrong with the world, what can make it right again. That's what a worldview is. It's creation, fall, redemption, and restoration. That's kind of the worldview grid, if you will. So creation meaning, you know, how was this world made and what was the purpose or what, what's our purpose on this world? And then fall, you know, what went wrong? Uh, redemption, how does, how's, what's the solution, restoration, what can bring it back to, to the original design. And so that's really what worldview is in, in a nutshell. And every song, every movie, every show, every everything has a worldview and comes from a certain perspective. Our problem as followers of Christ, sometimes we don't think about that. And uh, we kind of just, we adopt a different worldview if we like 
the song or movie or show or whatever, and we're influenced by it, whether we realize it or not. So here's uh, what we're going to do. I'm going to look at some of the lyrics of this song that's, again, very popular that a lot of us sing every Christmas, and we're going to talk about the worldview and really what that means. So it's kind of easy with this one, but, uh, you know, the song starts out, Last Christmas I Gave You My Heart. So we know that up front, this song is about love, right? It's about a breakup. It's about heartache. Last Christmas I gave you my heart, but the very next day you gave it away. This year, to save me from tears, I'll give it to someone special, special. So here's kind of what this, this song really is saying. The worldview is we were created for love, right? That purpose is the highest calling, or at least, you know, the, the intent of the songwriter is love is an ideal we need to pursue. So I gave you my heart. Relationships are kind of what we're driving at here. But you gave it away the very next day. By the way, that has to be a record for just quick heartbreak, right? I mean, Christmas, you're together. Day after Christmas, not so much. That's pretty tough. That's a tough one. But so what went wrong is my, my heart's been broken. I trusted you with my heart. I gave you my love and you threw it away. You betrayed me. You, 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 know, you left me out in the cold, right? That's what went wrong in terms of, of this person's uh, viewpoint of the song. So the solution is, well, this year I'm going to give it to somebody special. Now, let me just point out how crazy that is, by the way, right? Uh, if you think the problem is your heart was broken, you're going to give it to somebody special, which, by the way, didn't you think they were special? Yeah, you did, because it says um, later on the song, Happy Christmas, I wrapped it up and sent it with a note saying, I love you, and I'm in it. So you thought that person was special, but they broke your heart. Now you're going to give it to somebody else special. Well, guess what? They're probably going to break your heart, too. And it says... Now I know what a fool I've been. And then later it says, you'll never fool me again. So you'll never fool me, but somebody else may fool me because I'm going to give my heart away again. That's kind of the message of the song without even, you know, going too deep into it. And it says, I thought you were somebody to rely on. I guess I was a shoulder cry on. And so he's saying, you use me, right? You just needed me for for a day, a moment, a week, whatever. And you threw me away. Um, so next year, I'm going to give it to somebody special. So let me just back up and say, this is a very common predicament, right? We've all been there. We've all experienced heartbreak and betrayal, or at least most of us, uh, where we thought somebody loved us and they didn't. Man, that's a tough place to be, right? But here's what I would tell you. Biblically, as a follower of Jesus, this is what our worldview really is. Relationships are designed by God, and they're not the end-all be-all right? They're not supposed to bring us fulfillment. And that's really what this song is all about. It's like, you know what? You didn't fulfill me because you didn't return my love. I'm going to find somebody who will return my love. So what I would tell you is as Christians, that's again, we, we fall prey to that too. But the reality is we're fulfilled because the one person who will always love us is God. And he proved it by sending his son at Christmas time, the very first Christmas, God with flesh on, like we talked about before. And then that wasn't the end of the story. He lived a perfect life, died for our sin, and then rose again, uh, defeating sin and death once and for all. And so that's once we know that love, there's no other love that can compare. And there's really no other love we need. Now, God made us for relationships, right? So that's kind of the, the worldview that's uh, the biblical you know worldview that's related to this song. God did make us for relationships, but not to fulfill us. So the problem is that we turned our back on God. We did to God what this songwriter saying this person did to, to them. We're, you know, God said, I loved you. And it was 
you know, Christmas time, right? The very first Christmas. And we didn't even wait a day to turn our back on God because we were born in this world with sin. And so the good news is God doesn't say, you know, never going to be fooled again. God doesn't say, I'll give my love to somebody else. I'll give my heart to somebody else. This time, God says, I'm still here for you. And I will always love you, no matter your mistakes. That is the message of real love. And so as we even listen to Christmas songs like Last Christmas, the most covered Christmas song I've ever experienced in my lifetime, let us remember that it's not about who we give our heart away to. It's about the fact that God gave us his heart and he showed it at Christmas and then every day since. That's what the message, I think, for us as followers of Jesus should be. Let's be thankful that God fulfills us and God loves us. And our fulfillment and our joy isn't dependent on who loves us and who doesn't and on who we give our heart to and who we don't. It's on the fact that God proved his love for us. That's what I hope you focus on this Christmas. Thank you so much for joining me on this special Christmas episode. Uh, be, be waiting for and looking out for the next episode in the new year. I'm so thankful that you joined us for this episode. As I always, remember to, to share about this podcast. Let more people know about this podcast so they can be encouraged by what we talk about as well. And uh, you can like it, you can subscribe, you can rate it and review it. We'd love for you to do all those things because it helps us get the word out. And man, we've got big plans for the Pop Faith Podcast in 2024. And I can't wait to see you for the next episode. And until then, remember that your faith affects every area of your life. So let it pop through everywhere you are.